Welcome to Students of Life Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for coming here because I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know how we met on Instagram actually now that I think about it. Cause that's where we first started communicating. Right. I think. Yep. Yep. Do the. Yeah. Through the app. Um, I don't know what, what, I think you might've actually followed me. Um, and then I followed back cause I was like, oh, this is some cool stuff. Also, is there no. You could say whatever the hell you want. I mean. Oh it's, it's gonna be real hard to yeah to do, I mean to do all that you know I um, I try to not curse but that doesn't mean don't curse because right, I say right, I try it, to not because I will so I I have to sort of yeah. hedge myself by <laughs> saying okay I'm not gonna curse because I know I will whereas if I say I'm gonna curse then it's just gonna be you know off the rails off 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 those damn rails okay. um <laughs> all right all right yeah no i come from <laughs> i come from a military family right and so it just be what <laughs> fair it enough <laughs> um, <laughs> um but a lot of my clients yeah. do right so but yeah. yeah no glad to be here um i'm definitely i definitely find your work interesting and very very purposeful and important um and and you know just kind of excited to get to know each other and put all this good stuff out yeah into the world for your folks yeah definitely yeah so thanks again obviously i'm speaking as per i assume what i will title the episode uh, of this week Mm -hmm. ashley brown who's a licensed therapist and yeah i again don't remember exactly how i came across your account but i remember seeing it subsequently at least and thinking this is really interesting this is really cool um so yeah do you want to share just a little bit of explanation as to what it is exactly you do and how that manifests obviously as well through social media because it certainly caught my attention yeah that's great that was exactly the intention (laughs) it's definitely working yeah (laughs) um so all right what i do um so i mean I, i do you know uh work at a private practice uh, where I will do the traditional, like, I've got a couch, people sit on it, we talk, um, and, and do that kind of work. Right. Um, but I've kind of always had a passion personally, you know, for running specifically. Um, but movement has kind of just been a big part of my life and, um, in a lot of different ways, uh, for fun, but also for healing purposes, just mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and all that good stuff. But I wanted to try to figure out a way to bring that passion into my other passion, which was, you know, uh, helping folks heal from their inner demons. You know what I'm saying? Um, cause been there, done that and want to share, you know, the wealth as far as healing processes and stuff like that. But, um, so I studied uh, in my master's program um, exercise plus mindfulness plus psychotherapy. And I just ran with it, um, uh-huh, literally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh-huh. The writer in me really liked that. That's very impressive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did, you know, um, I just, I really geeked out into it, looked into all the 
research, um, talk to a lot of different folks throughout the world that are actually kind of doing this in real time, which is it's very scarce. It's it's becoming a bigger phenomena phenomenon, you know, now as far as combining exercise and um, like therapeutic approaches. But um, so I think it was last. Oh, gosh, is it like two years now since I created that Instagram? It might be two years. That's kind of insane. But um, uh, I created the the Instagram account, but also, you know, my my little business, right, of Move Talk Zen um, to combine movement. Um, and I kept it movement because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be running while I am an a very enthusiastic runner. Not everybody likes to do that shit, right? So <laughs> walking, um, also some small, slow movements of like yoga and things like that, um, and bringing that into the therapeutic space, but uh, it, outdoors. Um, and and so created that two years ago and really started to see individuals um, and created running groups specifically. Um, for healing through movement. Um, I work a lot with, uh, trauma specifically PTSD. Um, I guess more specifically sexual assault, uh, survivors. Um, I'm also a certified military counselor. And so I work with a lot of active duty or, uh, veterans, um, where running is just their jam or movement is a little less intimidating, um, than sitting on my couch. So, um, so yeah, that was two years ago and just trying to, I guess, reach folks of the superpower that is movement and how I can kind of provide that space alongside of regular, you know, psychotherapy, um, theories to, I guess, just that bring a superpower to the world. <laughs> Why not yeah. use it? Um, and use our environment around us too that is already there yeah that's so cool i think that's why what you do stuck out to me as well it's this idea of interacting with the environment which not mm -hmm. surprisingly i feel as if is something that you noticed about the work that i post on social media right mm -hmm. about our relationships and the nature of our interactions with our environment and how mm -hmm. we're intrinsically linked to it yes. so this this is so interesting for me to hear and going back to what you were saying about when in how you started doing um, the move talk Zen mm -hmm. move Zen talk. I'm sorry, which order is move it? Talk Zen. Move talk yeah, Zen. You, you move talk and then the Zen. Zen. Okay. You get to right. Okay. <laughs> that makes that makes sense. See, this is why I go to you, yeah. the expert. Um, so, was there anything? How long were you doing your practice, or I guess your work before that? And what sort of inspired you to try this more specific endeavor? Was there? a particular event or is it just a series of experiences and events or was there some sort of inception of it that really sticks out in your mind or was it just a culmination again of um, different experiences over time that that led you to that idea? Mm. Well, I guess with your first question, um, before I launched Move Talk Zen, uh, I was just uh, engaging in, you know, traditional talk therapy. Um, I mean, I did a lot of, uh, like eclectic work, I suppose of, of like, I'd move and dance around with my folks, like in the room or something like that and still like oh, utilize cool. movement in some way. Um, 
but uh, I was doing that for about two to three years as opposed prior to creating Move Talks In. Um, and as far as it, you know, actually launching, um, I think I was just ready to da- just do the thing because um, I've been studying it, talking about it, et cetera, for, for those for three plus years, like even when I was just a baby therapist and in my practicum and all that good stuff. But, um, so it was just kind of timing. I did move to a different private practice, I guess, at the, around that time. And that practice kind of gave me more freedom and autonomy to grow, you know, in the way that I wanted to. Um, and I'm very thankful for them. Lotus, Lotus counseling group, you know, going to plug that in, but, (laughs) um, But, you know, they're, they definitely are very family oriented and, you know, they had an open space for me to really launch. And that's what I did. The idea of two years ago is kind of still in COVID mm-hmm. times, I guess, right? Was that at all a factor? Because I, when I think COVID, I think a lot about mm-hmm. space and environment and mm-hmm. restrictions of all of that, right? From a practical logistical perspective. I, is there anything to that in terms of maybe manifesting where you thought like, oh, okay, it's time to, for lack of a better term, get out to do that? Yup. Get outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Absol- yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Um, and I think that's kind of uh, like what I was really trying to to advertise, right? Of getting outside because um, we were just holed in for so long, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, two uh, yeah two years ago, it was it was still COVIDy, as you said, right? Um, but people really were just like itching to get outside or get out in some fashion, and um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, business was booming around that time because everybody was like, you know, uh, stuck inside with their own thoughts um, and really needing an outlet, but um, wanted to create another one for sure to meet people where they're at too, to feel safe, you know, um, versus like closed in. Um, and and I think I even used like hashtags, like let's, like, let's get outside, let's get out there. <laughs> um, yeah. like, breathe some air together um, and move and heal uh, along alongside each other. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's really interesting to hear from my perspective with the advocacy work I do of mm-hmm. uh, beach cleaning, because that was definitely something I noticed pretty much right away with the pandemic where it was actually kind of one of the few activities that I could organize thinking about other activities that people wanted to do because realistically and logistically Mm -hmm. you can go to a beach and stay spread out and do a beach cleanup. So I could still host events like largely through most of COVID. I I think I remember even doing beach cleans at the height of the pandemic pretty much where it was just very clear. Okay. Everybody's got to arrive certain way. They have to maintain certain distances. Mm -hmm. And I saw really, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it, you know, a boom. It's not like there was a, a trash gold rush or something of, of beach cleaners, but there was definitely an increased interest for sure, which was kind of really cool to see because I think it was this, I mean, with COVID, I, I often say, because I see so many examples of it in teaching, academia, um, but also other facets of life where I feel like, yes, it, it caused problems, mm-hmm. but it more so um, expanded the problems that already mm-hmm. exist. Like it, it kind of revealed a lot of what was already not working. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And I feel like an extension of that was sort of people realizing 
kind of some of this work that I was out there doing where they're like, oh, c- cool. That's interesting. I hadn't noticed that before. So um, thinking about people, as you were saying before, being stuck inside with their thoughts, it, I would imagine, I mean, I can only speculate, mm-hmm. but that that can force people to kind of get to a point where they maybe more often have to address some, some mm-hmm. issues. And as you said, uh, for lack of a better term, business uh, maybe booming for that reason, oh, I yeah. guess, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, me included, right? But just in the way of, of really being in a time of reflection, right? Reflection of self, reflection of, of you know, uh, relationship connections, world connections, right? Um, it kind of forced us into that mindset. Um, and that's definitely what I was seeing, yes, personally, but also professionally, like all these folks kind of coming at that time. Um, and gosh, I would imagine too, the being on the beach specifically around that time, I mean, hell yeah, utilize what you have, the sounds of the ocean, right? Getting yourself, you know, in a kinesthetic way, right? Like picking things up, touching things, Mm -hmm. sensory specific, like outlets. Um, And that's definitely another, I guess, another um, very important aspect that I try to bring into my practice too, like really getting connected to um, nature um, and, you know, just your surroundings because we're so much right in our in our minds sometimes and kind of getting connected to yes your body internally but more so externally um to just bring bring the the rumination to a a slight Mm. quiet (laughs) um so you can really just breathe yeah for sure and and you mentioned obviously that there's a lot that goes into what you can think of in terms of movement and how that can manifest obviously in, in different ways for what works mm-hmm. for different people. Um, I mean, that's something that I noticed myself. I mean, I love running, Yay. but as I get older, it's, <laughs> I feel as if it's less and less tenable. Uh, I have to, kind of, I have to kind of pair it with other things. Like, so I swim basically as much as I can when the yeah. water's warm enough. Um, and that's sort of, also when I'm able to mm-hmm. to run much more. But in the winter, I'll pair it with more stretching mm-hmm. and yoga type stuff. Um, so none of that's really surprising to hear. I think that makes so much sense to me. But I, I was curious about that in terms of, I, I mean, yeah, there's something about the running runner's high that just like you can't beat as well, um, which is why I still, still do it. I actually just signed up for my local turkey trot 5K for after Thanksgiving. So I got to start I haven't been doing a ton of running, but I got to start upping my game in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks. Really, it's coming fast, so I can I can complete that. But yeah, I, I was curious about the logistics of that. So, do you do? This is probably a noob question, but and it might be fairly obvious. But do you do yoga type stuff and or running type stuff mm-hmm. individually with people and clients, or do you mm-hmm. do that also with with groups? Like, how does that actually work? How does that actually manifest? Yeah, um, both. So I'm mostly, I guess my biggest thing that I've got, got, I just, I just finished a group actually, um, maybe, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to get in the works of creating a new group too, but on the individual level, um, I guess to paint a picture of what like a running therapy session would look like, um, 
is uh, we meet at a park or a greenway. There's greenways over here. I don't know if you've seen those when you came over to North Carolina, but um, there's greenways, which is just cool trails, you know, um, that are throughout the city. Um, So we'll meet there. We'll bring yoga mats um, because I always like to kind of start grounded first before we actually start the movement um, so we can create an intention for the actual run. Um, but, uh, before that, right. Once we sit down, um, I do have them kind of do slow movements like yoga. Um, now granted it's very minimal cause I'm looking to, to also get certified, you know, to be a yoga teacher, but we ain't there yet. So we're just, we're just doing some stretches, mild stretches. Um, you're on your way for sure. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> um, but we'll do mild stretches. Cause one, you got to stress before you run. Um, that's my, my running coach advice out there, stretch before you run. Um, otherwise, you know, you might, you might regret it, but, um, Mm -hmm. we'll stretch, but we'll talk at the same time. So we'll do like a check-in of like, what's going on, what's, what's happened within the past week or since last session or reflections from last session or what have you, um, and then, um, I'll have them choose, uh, cause I, I really, my whole focus is to empower autonomy right within within session because a lot of the folks that i said that i work with um have been through some significant trauma and a lot of the work that we end up doing is either body body mind reconnection um or uh just self-confidence right and and gaining the confidence that they have um control essentially, um, to a healthy level, but control over their bodies, their emotions, you know, um, manageability, mental flexibility, all, all those pieces. But, um, so I give them the autonomy to choose what kind of run they want to do. And, uh, I've got several different runs that I've actually posted on my, um, Instagram, but a few are compassion runs, clarity runs, or, um, reflect and release runs. Um, so to kind of shorten what those are, um, first of all, we're not talking during the run. Um, I know everybody looks, okay. everybody looks at me like, why the heck do you do this? How can you run and talk at the same time? That's insanity. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> granted I give them the option, right? Cause sometimes some of my folks will like to free associate as they're running. Um, and, and it's kind of just like a mind dump, right? Uh, However, I'll try to um, tell them to go to like the cadence of their of their steps, right? If they are kind of talking, so they're not like <sighs> out of breath. But um, most of my folks don't like to talk and run, so uh, it's a very mindful internal process of which run that they choose. So compassion runs, they will um, choose three affirmations that they want to focus on that they feel like they need um, for their mind, for their body, for that day. So that could look like I am strong, I am resilient, I am capable, right? Um, and they will repeat those three those three um, affirmations throughout the entirety of the run. Runs are typically uh, anywhere from like eight to fifteen minutes of the session. Um, it depends one on their, uh, I guess, physical level specifically, but also just again the autonomy of how long they want to run in the first place. Um, and sometimes it's a hybrid of walking and running, um, but I, I kind of leave that up to them too. 
Um, so that's a compassion run. Uh, the clarity runs is, is a little bit more intuitive or reflective where they end up uh, picking a question for their run that they really want to gain clarity, you know, over um, to, I guess, be broad or it could be like, why do I have anxiety today? Right. Or, or what is triggering my depression today? Um, or why is it, why has it been so hard to, to move in the past week or something like that? It could be deeper, you know, than that, um, where it, it's more specific maybe to a relationship or to inner child work or, or anything like that, but it's just to gain clarity. And, um, the mindfulness practice is to continue to come back to that question, even if our mind kind of veers off. Um, so it's practicing mindfulness practice. It's practicing that modality all at the same time to recognize that our brain's going to do what our brain's going to do, which is like, oh, what a cute dog <laughs> or oh, this tree is beautiful. Um, <laughs> and not to judge that. Right. And and to just come back to to the question at hand. And typically, at least my folks have mentioned that they've gained like clarity uh, within the first like two minutes of running. Um yeah. And wow. a lot of that, um, I don't want to get too, too nerdy, but a lot of that could be like one, just the biochemicals changing within the brain to the mm -hmm. bilateral stimulation that kind of goes on, um, that triggers parts of the brain for like memory recall and, and, and what have you. And it's just a natural way to, to gain wow. understanding of what you feel, what you think, um, and where you want to go. Um, last one is the reflect and release one. Uh, and that's more of a meditation, a visual meditation as you're running, where you kind of picture calming colors um, entering your body as you're breathing in and the colors of stress or whatever is kind of um, holding, holding heavy um, within your body, exhaling that color out. Um, and you're doing that kind of visual meditation as you're, as you're running for the eight to 15 minutes. Um, and then afterwards, once we're done with the run, we will stretch again. <laughs> um, and yeah. uh, reflect. And we'll we'll do the rest of the session either walking or back on the yoga mats, kind of processing what those runs kind of gave them, um, what reflections or intentions or anything kind of came up as they were running. And, and then the session will end that way. I'll usually um, give them a journaling prompt afterwards too, um, where they will write. Ooh. Um, and we talk about that during the next session. Wow. Yeah. So yes. those, um, those sessions, the three versions that you mentioned, are those separate runs that you would do or can they choose which one that they engage in on any given run? Um. Technically, you you could do two, right? If you wanted, okay. like, you, like you can mix a compassion run along with the mm. reflect and release run. Like you're meditating as you're oh, saying okay. compassion. Yeah. I will usually recommend trying one at a time, though, so that way mm. you're really kind of having one focus um, on this run versus like the possibility of uh, too much going on when we getting mm -hmm. overstimulated. Right. Um, sure. But typically, yeah, like we'll do maybe a compassion run the first session, then we'll switch it up and do a clarity run, and then we'll do reflect and release. Um, and that's kind of how I ran my groups, actually, uh, mm. where I directed it a little bit more. 
Um, and we did those one at a time for each group session. Yeah, that's so great to hear as well. Like you mentioned at the end with the the journal reflection, mm-hmm. unfortunately in academia, especially if you teach at a research institution like I do, it's such a constant battle, especially considering admin to be like, yeah, this isn't bullshit. This is actually really important. And <laughs> students really appreciate it. When you want to focus on things like um, reflection yeah. and personal growth and all of these other things that essentially you're you're referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good to hear really smart professional people like yourself talk about it okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because, because it's validation that when I want to do that, mm-hmm. and I, I know that, and there's a lot of instructors and admin who know that too, mm-hmm. but um, unfortunately it's, it's like anything with qualitative versus quantitative outcomes, yeah. right? It's always a, a struggle or a challenge to, to make those benefits uh, seem tangible and clear mm-hmm. to people on the outside. And, and even people who sometimes who would benefit it uh, from it the most, which is why I, I'm sure this type of work, like the results must be really um, sort of, I don't know, just meaningful mm-hmm. when, when you see people really benefit from this, oh, right? Yeah, no, that's the that's the jam, right? That's the, that's Mm -hmm. definitely the positive reinforcement that I get. Um, it's beautiful too, just kind of seeing someone grow like right in front of you. Um, right. And recognizing their relationship with themselves and their bodies change like in real time. Um, it's, it's just absolutely beautiful. But, um, but yeah, I mean, no, the 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 writing piece is 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 all a part of it, right? Um, I mean, I me myself, I, I I do a lot of writing myself, right? Whether it be journaling or writing poems or or things like that. But um, I'll always kind of connect what we do within session to reflecting on paper, because. Um, more than likely, um, I'll tell my folks, sometimes we have a therapy hangover um, where, <laughs> where <laughs> it'll just kind of bleed into the rest of the day, especially if it was an intense session, right? And mm-hmm. and to be able to release it onto paper um, is, is just another form of that release, right? And, and you're actually still doing the processing work that we've done in the session just outside of it. Um, and that mm. it's a good, you know, reflecting piece for next session then too. They open it up and tell me their thoughts and we get to reflect even more. And then there goes the healing. Yeah. <laughs> but. Those are tangible benefits. Mm-hmm. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I was interested now that you mentioned it going back to obviously, as we were saying mm-hmm. at the beginning, the idea of social media and how you can connect with people from all sorts of backgrounds, experiences, different mm-hmm. things that they're doing, which is obviously in many ways, the ideal form of social media. And it's such a shame that I think largely people think of maybe treat social media in some ways as just yeah. a dumpster fire uh-huh. in, in general. <laughs> um, and just for reels and nonsense and but there is good stuff that obviously can come from it. There's, you know, good activism, there's good engagements, networking. Um, how has your experience been largely with sort of promoting the work that you do via social media? I mean, obviously, I know you from mm-hmm. Instagram. So as far as I know, that's kind of um, the main thing. But I know that you you say mm-hmm. like you write poetry and, you know, you do a lot of other reflections. Are there other outlets that you find have been 
very helpful as well in in addition to kind of some of these obviously mainstream ones that you've um you've been using too yeah i mean uh the intention of this of creating the social media like i mentioned was to to reach people with this different dynamic therapy right um and writing the posts itself is really fun right um it can be frustrating but <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah um you know i really try to just <sighs> put myself as it is on, on like, I'll, I'll usually journal it. Like, like I've actually got my journal right here up in front of me to make mm -hmm. sure like I've got all the, all the notes in my brain. Nice, <laughs> nice sure. and, and refresher, but like I'll, I'll yeah. write it and then I'll give like, a, I'll write points and ideas for what I want to do next within uh, a post. And, and then I'll do all the marketing pieces, right. To create images and yada, yada. Um, but the way that, I mean, the way that I try to use my language is to to draw people in, right? And to to make it relatable in a lot of ways too. Um, and try not for it to be a dumpster fire, right? <laughs> Just too much information all at once, right? So I like to make it mm -hmm. simplistic. But um, as far as other outlets, I mean, um, I mean, I've definitely... You know, I, I read, I do a lot of reading. I, I've got lots and lots of books. Um, I bought three this week. So, <laughs> so it's nice. Support it's books. Just, yes. uh, that's definitely another outlet, right? For me. I mean, a lot of it, it's, you know, the, the, my mindless reading, some of it is the self, self, you know, reflection reading and stuff like that, that helps me with some of my work, um, or things that I can refer to clients, um, that are trauma specific or what have you. Um, but most of them write until writing that it, it's parallel with writing, um, where there has to be some sort of journaling that's associated with it. So it's just a, another way of reflecting. It's, it's done wonders for me and a lot of my clients. Um, but otherwise, uh, other, you asked me other outlets, um, yeah, because I, I know you you mentioned that you obviously write poetry. Like, is that stuff that you share on social media too, or is that just for your your own reflection? Mm. I have, um, yes, I have. Uh, I used to have um, a Tumblr. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Where is another form of social media, right? But um, I don't, that's in the dark depths of the web. I have no idea where that is right now. But I yeah. used to, I used to put like a whole bunch of poetry there. Um, mm. I, I'd say probably in the last half, half of my twenties, I suppose. But but today too, right? The um, it's been just for me right, uh, of mm -hmm. a feeling. And I, I'd share it, right, with, with folks who were closest to me. Um, but it has definitely been an outlet um, for me as well as, like, writing songs and and mm. things like that. Um, so it's just another way of expression, right? Um, just like most arts and writing is an art. Um, and, uh, you know, I, pair, I paired that with drawing. I draw as well. Um, that's where most of my tattoos have come from. I don't know if you oh, see wow. them on cool. my page, but um, yeah. draw. I drew all my tattoos. Uh, 
and usually write a piece that goes along with it um, in some way. But I think the last time I wrote and shared it with social media um, was probably when I was pregnant with my beautiful baby boy. (laughs) Um, And I was trying to do my own healing work with mind body connection and um, womanhood and, you know, all those pieces that come along with that and shared that. And, and that was important to me, but yeah. So I guess that's, that's what I've had going on in that realm of outlets. Yeah, it's that's interesting to hear because it, it is something that comes up. I do teach all sorts mm-hmm. of writing, including um, fiction writing as well. Some sometimes that even does get into poetry, and a lot of times there there are very kind of like myopic lenses of what writing should be or mm-hmm. is supposed to be in terms of genre and form and and ultimately outcome. Right. Where I have a lot of students and they think, oh, either you got to study writing to publish a novel or don't study it at all. And I'm like, there's a million and one things in between <laughs> reasons that you could write even fiction or, or poetry, obviously. And that's, that's great to hear because I think that's a perfect example. It's like, there's plenty of writing again, whether it's journaling, fiction, mm-hmm. poetry, that doesn't need to see the light of day. It doesn't need to be published yeah. in the New Yorker, uh, nor probably mm-hmm. should it maybe even um, so yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear within another field. And, and again, there's so many similarities between what you're saying. And as I was mentioning earlier with some of the connections I think of in, in academia and writing coursework and, and teaching writing and writing pedagogy, that just makes so much sense in terms of the, the reasons behind why we consider what we do, why okay. we do what we do. I mean, even hearing you talk about working with your clients and I mean, so much of what I teach is about the, the mm-hmm. rhetorical situation and really approaching um, different topics from that mindset of who your audience is, you know, what are their needs, what are their understandings, what are their backgrounds, mm-hmm. what are their perspectives. I mean, you just go down and down the rabbit hole with all of that, but it does largely inform and, and you know, somewhat dictate, well, how do you then approach the situation? How, how do you decide what you focus on in terms of getting out relevant commentary or information or, or ideas and that sort of stuff. Um, So it's really interesting to hear for all of those reasons, because again, I think it's just another very clear example of why all of that is so Mm -hmm. important to consider because it it does manifest in the real world in in so many ways like this. Um, So yeah, it's really interesting. No, absolutely. That's good to hear about the social media too, because I feel like sometimes I'm, up against it in terms of like there's so many misconceptions with like why people are doing what they're doing on social media (laughs) like i mean when i think about bad experiences too i've straight up had people comment on my stuff uh i had somebody a couple months ago a few people ranting about how oh uh, i'm all i'm in it all for the fame and and the money and i was like i have never made a dollar beach cleaning (laughs) so i don't know what you're talking about but <laughs> it's it's almost this weird sort of dichotomy because at, at one end of the spectrum of social media, you do get, I mean, I've met so many interesting mm-hmm. people, obviously like yourself, um, but other people who do work that I do or who are interested in now, now do work. Recently, last month, I did a collaboration where I, I helped make a uh, art trash exhibit piece yes. at a local yeah, art gallery. Yeah, yeah. Did that you see was that? Awesome. Yeah, yes. the trash wave. <laughs> yeah. And I told I just met that person through people on that's Instagram. So that yeah, that's so cool that you can you can do that. But then you you're always gonna have the the trolls and the haters and 
people who are mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happens when you have access to, to everyone Absolutely. so um something to navigate and i hope you haven't had too much trouble with that but i i would imagine some maybe <laughs> i mean i haven't had too many trolls i suppose <laughs> that's great um, yeah thankfully though i'm sure you know i think it comes right with the the more the more you reach right the more people that you reach and, mm-hmm. and um yeah the masses right. kind of just kind of it'll overload and you will get those people right and what mm-hmm. had love and light <laughs> love and light to those folks um yeah. but i haven't really i've definitely met met some some really interesting um folks through that that specific space um and and it's been wonderful like to connect and to network or or just like find other folks who have similar missions right of of just helping you know helping people helping the world mm-hmm. helping you know all all of that but um it's been fun it's been it's been fun i'd like to post probably a little bit more but um there goes life <laughs> Well, oh, it's yeah. it's a whole other job, <laughs> yes. it turns out, <laughs> when you're trying to... Somebody, I was at a mm-hmm. faculty party a few weeks ago, and he said, oh, you don't beach clean anymore? And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, oh, I haven't seen one of your videos in so long. And I'm like, okay. well, yeah, because it takes all it takes yeah. days to put together a video. I got papers to write, podcasts to produce. I, I got a, stories to publish, a million and one things. So, yeah, it's... Um, it's great that you can have that extension and you can have that reach through social media, but at the same time, and then it's like the other end where sometimes people are like, Oh, like, have you been able to monetize these videos? And I'm like, I, I have no interest in doing that. I I don't, I don't want a vested interest in, Oh, well, I Mm -hmm. I have to find the problem now. It's like, no, the problem needs to be solved. And once it is, I'll (laughs) go focus on other stuff (laughs) that I want to be actually doing, you know? (laughs) So, so it's interesting to think about motivationally. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, wh- why are you really posting? You know what what you're posting, and uh, yeah, I think that's something that I've always been very right. mindful of to avoid on social media mm-hmm. to post because it's it's a job, and you, you kind of now I have to I, I have all mm-hmm. this environmental work mm-hmm. that I do. People expect it. Um, it. It has to be part of your identity. I, I, I think mm-hmm. for certain types of advocacy work, but obviously ongoing work like you're doing, I mean, it, it's great because you are continually able to uh, network mm-hmm. and, and, you know, reach people who wouldn't have been reachable otherwise, potentially you just wouldn't, you know, have had access to, to meet them, which is really cool. Oh yeah. That's it. I've always told, um, you know, I have this conversation a lot actually with clients because social media, I mean, it's just embedded in society now, right? So, mm-hmm. and um, it really is like a part of people's lives, and yeah. um, and yes, it's a it's a a way for expression, right, and advocacy, and 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 outreach, and and all those pieces. Um, and you know, sometimes you can get a little lost in the sauce uh, <laughs> with all the nuances that you know go go along with social media and expectations or or anything like that. Um, but I too kind of, I really try to practice that mindfulness of like, um, the no shame game, right? If you happen to, if you happen to not post for a good bit, you know, it's okay. Um, sometimes we need that break, uh, to do the things that we want to do, right. Which is actually doing the things that I'm doing, um, that I'm posting. Um, but, a lot of the time when I do post, it typically is because something is also, um, 
manifesting for me, like within where I'm at in mm. life, right? And and I want to, I guess, reach out if anybody's feeling the same, right? Um, or or to right. gain response in that way to um, to reach the hearts versus like just the surface level bullshit. But <laughs> right. well, you, you got to get the, you got to get those likes. Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> the, follow, so the algorithm's <laughs> counting. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I think that's interesting too, because I mean, ultimately there are probably are people who, I mean, if I think about people who have internet personas, it's like, that's more real than Mm -hmm. their real life persona maybe too, which is interesting to, it's, it's a strange new world. Uh, it's continually getting stranger. I feel like, Uh, um, which leads me to my last question which I like to ask, which I think you actually already answered because you mentioned the word superpower, but I always like to ask before we finish, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, and I think you you seem to kind of already be tapping into that. So <laughs> is there any way you would like to, is there another superpower or would you like to expand your current superpowers in some way? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, endless energy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's broad you can do a lot with that that could actually work really well yeah <laughs> yes because um you know it's a lot of the questions people ask me too it's like what, so do you just run all day um <laughs> like what do you do in the, in, when you're tired or like what if yeah. you have um this like navy seal or something like that that is just right. going yeah um and for one i always make my sessions at conversational pace Right. Cause I want mm. the focus to be on mental health versus like pace and, and it really kind of being exercised. Mm. But, but sometimes, yes, I do wish that I had more energy. <laughs> um, okay. So, so endless running reserves would be your, yes. <laughs> and you don't have to use them, but you could tap yes. into them. Yes, yeah. precisely. I see. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'd like to, you know, sleep, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'd enough. be nice. Yeah. To maybe just have a little, a little more robust energy um when when i've got maybe like three sessions or even a group or or something like that that are right. running specific um but otherwise right. it is a superpower you know um what we're doing what i'm what you know we're doing together we're running and processing and using mindfulness and therapeutic modalities and it, it's just like by the end of it because of the dopamine and the endorphins that you've already got from the movement you know, you're good. You, you, you feel, you feel great. And that's exactly, you know, the intent that, that I want for my folks. Um, and, and that's what I've definitely seen. Uh, and I think that's a superpower for sure. Okay. Yeah. I like that idea of self-accessible superpowers where, Oh, I could, I could go out and, and do this to gain this superpower. It's yes. way easier, way easier than falling yeah. out of that of nuclear waste for sure. Yeah, way more manageable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, have you ever done any plogging? Speaking, speaking of merging plogging. our worlds, plogging. Do you know this term, plogging? I don't think so. Okay, so here's what you have to do. You have to go okay. on. Oh man, I was about to sound a hundred years old. I was going to say you have to go on on social media uh-huh. and uh, go on the social medias, the socials, the socials, <laughs> at like like them kids and uh, look up plogging and okay. ploggers. It's a whole new world. It's people who run and they pick up litter as they run. There are some insane. I'll send you some on Instagram after we talk. Cool. There are some insane 
there are people who make me look normal, <laughs> which is saying a lot. Because when you dive into like all the crazy things I, I I work on, it's pretty nuts. And I see some of these people, I'm like, wow, you're intense. Like you're you're the real deal. Um, awesome. And some of them like they'll because they'll be like covered in tr- they'll have trash like stuffed in all sorts of places. And yeah, it's right, right. again the the real deal. So plogging is something that <laughs> definitely worth investigating. Okay, further. I think I've just maybe naturally done this. Maybe not as intense intensely sure. but like if i see some if i see some shit on the ground and i happen to be running i'll be like and i'll throw it out to the nearest yeah. or what have you but yeah you catching all of it then that'd be that'd be interesting yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. well I, I have some reels to send you then <laughs> yeah i'm excited <laughs> for sure well thank you so much again for joining me this is where i'm going to do my my formal fancy sounding outro rather than intro Um, so thank you so much for joining me thanks again listeners whoever you are for joining us Uh, we hope that you've learned a thing or two I think I speak for both of us and if you like what you hear please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts you'll find us Students of Life Podcast and feel free to drop us a like or comment let us know what you think if you have questions I'm happy to answer those And uh, yeah, we have new episodes every month. So you can follow us again, too, and get updates on new episodes as well. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Again, thanks so much for for coming. This was I feel like I learned a lot. Yay. Great. (laughs) No, thank you so much. You know, um, I love having these conversations. Right. I love talking about, you know, the superpower right, and geeking out about it. um, But also, you know, really um, reaching people through another another way and connecting and navigating other outlets of of outreach and advocacy so thank you so much for holding the space yeah yeah and uh thanks again whoever is listening wherever you are for listening and hope to see you next time cool yeah that's it that's that's how it ends awesome